Hi, everybody. My name is Jared Milrad. I'm the founder of Movie Karma. We're the nonprofit organization that created our podcast here called Rewriting Hollywood, which is focused on uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, as well as representation and social impact in Hollywood, looking at the power of storytelling to foster social change. Um, and today we have a really uh, incredible social impact filmmaker, uh, David Henry Gerson, joining us to talk about uh, his new film, his feature debut, The Story Won't Die, um, which is a really powerful and timely look at a young generation of Syrian artists who use their work to protest and process what is currently the world's largest and longest ongoing displacement of people since World War II. Um, David himself is an award-winning filmmaker. Uh, the Story Won't Die has been doing very, very well in the festival circuit, uh, screened at AFI Docs, uh, Watch Docs, won Best Director. Um, so I'm really excited to talk to David about the project, but also his background as well today. Um, so David, thanks so much for being on the show. Excited to have you on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, let's dive in. Um, let's just start just a little bit of your background, David. Um, you're really, really interesting. You've made a bunch of a bunch of projects already. Um, and could just tell us a little bit about, you know, what your journey to, to become a filmmaker, what inspired you to get into this, this uh, line of work? Uh, other than insanity. Insanity gets me. Um, I don't know. My journey started when I was four years old. I wanted to make Re recreate Cecil B. DeMille's The Ten Commandments. Uh, and I think I told my yeah. grandmother when I was four, I, I know how to remake the movie. I can't figure out how to part the Red Sea. Uh, <laughs> and I guess I've been telling, and that, that that's a refugee story. I mean, that's a story yeah. about uh, freeing, uh, you know, fleeing slavery. So uh, I guess I've been telling the same stories for, for what, 32 years now. Uh, and, okay. and yeah, you know, I started making movies right out of college. Uh, I went to Columbia and um, I don't know how much detail you want uh, in this response no, here. <laughs> no, that's so cool. yeah. Ever since then, that, that deal with kind of political mm -hmm. issues, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, issues or, or ideas I can't really wrap my mind around that I don't have an easy answer to. Uh, and that leads me into this long, uh, beautiful process of, of making movies. Yeah, I could see that as a as an interest for you. Um, your father, I saw, was was born a refugee, um, and his parents fled across the UK Ukraine border, um, escaped the Nazis, survived the Holocaust. Was that? I know it sounds like it was very connected to this, the thematically, of course, to this project. But was you know was his story, um, you know, in the origin story of your family, you know, something that said, hey, I want to tell these types of stories. Definitely. I mean, even going back to the Ten Commandments movie, like, mm. I think there's a reason that film resonated so much with me as a child. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much at four years old, I, I knew how much our family had endured during World War II and, and labor camps. Um, but uh, certainly the, the theme of, you know, speaking against injustice and doing what you can to give voice uh, to, to to your experience uh, in the face of injustice is, is something that's always been interesting to me. Um, and yeah, my, my, my grandparents were born in, on the border of Ukraine. Uh, there's a town called Zamosh, Poland, that were from on, on, my, on my father's side. Um, their parents were from Lvov in Poland and or Lviv and uh, sort of went back and forth for generations across that border as, as is happening uh, awfully today again. Um, and I guess just stories of, of fleeing and running for your life and, and surviving survival. You know, how do you how do you deal with your family after you've run for your life? 
these are the kinds of stories we grew up with in my family and that were so important that when I saw and, and really processed that that the Syrian uh, conflict, war, uh, atrocities uh, were the worst since World War II. I think something just really went off in me saying, you've got to pay attention to this. Uh, and that's really what brought me into this into this project. Hmm. Yeah, really, really powerful. And I can see how that would be, you know, sort of an area of, of exploration for you, um, given that it's so personal. Well, let's set the stage a little bit, if we could, um, for, for this project, uh, The Story Won't Die. The, the Syrian Civil War began in March 2011 um, during the, the Arab Spring protest. Um, since then, there have been, I understand, over 13 million uh, Syrians who have become refugees. Um, over 500,000 Syrians have died during the conflict uh, under uh, Bashar al-Assad's suppression and, and, and violence. Um, it's been really a decade-long civil war. Uh, so, and, and that Syrians make up the largest portion of, of the estimated 84 million global refugees, um, which I'm sure has gone up now in the wake of, of Ukraine. Um, could you just tell us a little bit more about like what interests you in this specific topic and um, other than what you shared already. And why do you think that the refugee crisis specifically in Syria is like particularly important or something that, um, you know, maybe a lot of folks don't don't know much about or just aren't paying close attention to anymore? Yeah, I mean, one is just the numbers that you pointed out mm -hmm. of it being the largest, um, although that is kind of changing right now. Right. In Ukraine. Um, but for me, the fact that this guy is still in power is uh, something to pay attention to. Right. And that that's, you know, a unique aspect of this story. Um, and, and I think what was really interesting to me was sort of who are the artists who are processing this war and, and protesting? Um, and, and what is that? experience like uh, and, and what is the artistic process like uh, when looking into such darkness uh, is really interesting to me and has always been interesting to me um, so I think that was my, my chief entrance point into this um, and part of making art uh, is of course freedom of expression and in Syria uh, there was and is not um, freedom of expression, as you see as a, a, in the artists in the film, um, you know, one of them, Abu Hajar, the rapper, is tortured and imprisoned uh, for singing a song uh, that says a few anti-Assad lyrics. Um, and I guess as an American, growing up in the United States, this idea of freedom of expression was a lofty idea. This made it much more concrete to me. Um, as embarrassingly as that may sound, uh, to realize really what does it mean to not be able to speak your voice, to do a drawing, to click mm -hmm. a, to click on Facebook that you like something and be put in prison for it. Uh, that's, that's just, you know, something that I'm grateful to be more aware of now as the product of making this film. And mm -hmm. uh, I think a, a message that's very, important to share so that we safeguard uh, freedom of expression and, and really understand what does that mean and what is the value of, of that freedom yeah it really it really interested in in that in that 
theme here. I mean, because it is, it does feel lofty. I think as an as an American or in places where we kind of take it for granted. Um, and you know, we, we see stories like you pointed out in, in this film from Syria. We see it from Iran. We see it other parts of the world where where folks are oppressed in that way, particularly artists. So I wanted to dive a little bit into that to that point. Like you mentioned it here a little bit in terms of why you why you chose artists as kind of a a place to sort of explore this issue of freedom of expression. But if you could talk a little more, more David, about like what, uh, you know, why, why do you think artists are kind of an interesting lens or a useful lens in terms of, um, you know, exploring the issue of refugee, a refugee crisis? And what role do you think artists play in kind of helping to tell the story of, of refugees and who refugees are? Yeah, I mean, I, I think often it's something that I've called like the, the Van Gogh effect, which is you've seen a Van Gogh painting so many times on people's fanny packs and billboards, and you know, wherever, that by the time you see Starry Night in a museum, you have to look at it for five minutes before you can really see the image. Mm. And I feel the same is true in making a Holocaust film or a Syria film or any sort of story uh, that an audience may feel they have seen before. Um, that to me is the artist's challenge, is, is how to bypass this mango effect, how to make something feel, not feel, to, to live in someone's body uh, as a visceral experience um, that can be sort of a, a trigger symbol, perhaps, uh, of a conflict that is easy to grow numb to. Uh, it's been, what, 103 days or so of the Ukraine war now, and, and even so, mm -hmm. it's, it's you know, it's hard to process the immensity of something like that. Um, the artist has the power to, to, to sing a song um, that can live in someone's body in a way that bypasses the intellect and lives in an emotional, visceral experience so that I may forget of the news and facts, but I'll always remember that song, the feeling that song gave me, or a painting or, or a dance performance. Uh, and in that regard, that's what I was looking for in this movie, is who, who is making that work that will live on, uh, that the story won't die, so that even after politics have changed, dictators have fallen, uh, that, that the issue can, can exist in, in, in the consciousness of people, um, so that we don't forget what has happened. And of course, the point of not forgetting is, um, doing everything we can to make sure something isn't repeated. Right. Right, which we see now in Ukraine um, and other parts of the world. Uh, talk a little bit, if you, if you would, about the, the impact this might have on politics or on the, or on the you know, hearing these stories, she, seeing these stories in films like yours, seeing these artists, like you said, tell such personal narratives about their journey. Like, what impact do you think that that could have on you know, the way governments and societies react to refugees coming. Because obviously throughout human history, we've, we've had waves of refugees for, you know, for years and years. But we see like in the US, of course, there's been these th these threads of kind of xenophobia that have continued to, to rear up of, you know, hey, we don't want you here. Um, you're, you know, even in terms like where you're infecting our community, all these other seven narratives. How, how, what are your thoughts on that in terms of how art can maybe make us a little more empathetic or do you feel like it can move the needle on, on policy? Uh, moving the needle on policy is a slow needle to move. Yeah. <laughs> um, but 
if you go to our Instagram at the story won't die, you can see a post that was just posted, a quote from Tamam Azad, the artist in the film, uh, where he says, art can talk about politics, but politics can't ever talk about art. Mm. And I feel it's, it's that same ability for an artwork to bypass mm, that slow moving needle of politics. Uh, and, you know, ideally in a democracy, uh, politics is the embodiment of the voice of the people. And in a film, you have the ability to make people uh, feel more relatable, uh, more as individuals and less as statistics. And certainly, uh, yes, in this nation of ours, United States and around the world, uh, we have had leaders um, and will continue in the future probably to have leaders that, that um, are anti-refugees. I mean, this has been true for centuries. Um, mm. You know, people either want to safeguard their borders or they want to open that, you know, uh, politics aside, my belief is, and my goal as a filmmaker is if you put the human face first, it's much harder to, to just close a door. If you see the humanity of people, if you sit down and see, okay, wait, wait a minute, these are just like me, you and I, um, it, it's much harder to just you know, make a policy that just uh, is a closing the door sort of policy. Um, so when we avoid these kinds of abstracts and film has that power, you know, film, look, in a, in a movie theater, uh, where I hope people come see this movie in LA and New York and as it goes to theaters around the world, mm -hmm. um, is the great power of sitting for two hours with your mouth shut, of sitting for two hours yeah. where nobody talks, nobody's scrolling <laughs> through their phones, hopefully, um, and really absorbing an experience of somebody else. And, and there is a power in that. And so my goal is in amplifying the voices of the artists in the film and, and um, you know, and, and who they represent of other people and even of their own individual stories um, to impact people to, to, to look at the immigrant, the refugee uh, in a more nuanced uh, perspective. Um, you know, like we were saying, like, you know, my, my father came to this country as an undocumented immigrant um, and as a refugee and uh it's and he was even a neoconservative uh and so it's um <laughs> it's it's tricky in in regards to politics but i do feel for me personally uh, this film that i started making in 2018 under a previous administration um was very much in response to the sort of rhetoric and, and uh, fear and, and, and xenophobia uh, to try to both understand who was my father uh, and who are these new friends and collaborators uh, that I now have. Hmm. Yeah, that's powerful. I mean, and, and last question would just be around that. I mean, to ask you kind of what the what what impact you hope this film will have. Is you, you've addressed some of that, but I'm curious. Like, do you feel that you know Hollywood's having a lot of conversations, of course, about diversity, equity, inclusion, and something we in representation we we try to foster as well. Um, like, do do you feel that you know, are you optimistic in terms of where we're heading? Kind of as a society and the, and the power of hopefully telling and seeing more of these types of stories 
um, and, and kind of trying to break through some of the siloing that we've seen of, of, of you know, technology and the internet and so forth, where folks, we, we hoped with more information, we would build more empathy. Are you optimistic on that point or where, where do you land? Absolutely. I mean, there's really beautiful things that are happening now as far as equity and inclusion. Um, and as far as just diversity of people we're seeing on the screen, you know, just look at Marvel. I think we are about to have the first, uh, you know, Muslim Marvel superhero. Mm -hmm. um, we've had our first female superhero film, Wonder Woman last year. We had our first black super. I mean, you know, we're seeing just as far as superheroes, uh, <laughs> not to mention the normal people that are in all the other films, uh, a, a, a great diversity of storytelling. But the reality is we live in a global world um, where whether you like it or not, um, people are able to look online unless they're suppressed in, in nations um, and, and see stories from around the world. So naturally people are gonna wanna see characters that look like themselves on screen. Um, and I think even beyond that, um, you know, we have a responsibility in Hollywood uh, to, to showcase the full spectrum of thought, of ideas, of people, um, and, and that's how we, we grow, uh, and that's how we, we connect as a society in a more mm -hmm. fruitful and, and honest way. So, yeah, I mean, that's a very big <laughs> and broad statement, but, um, no, it's good. you know, I, I feel very hopeful, and I feel also honored that someone, you know, like myself is able to tell this story um, and, and, and be able to, you know, stand together with the people in this film to build this film uh, in collaboration is a great honor. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very hopeful. Yeah, that's fantastic. Congrats, and, you know, using that, your, your privilege, your abilities to, to tell this story, which is which is largely untold in so many ways. Uh, again, the film is The Story Won't Die, uh, I guess it was David Henry Gerson. I hope folks will check out this film. It's really powerful, and it's a really important, has a really important message as well, and lots of important voices. So, um, David, thanks again for joining us. It was really great having you on. Thank you so much.